You're listening to a main session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Thank you, Lord. Won't you remain standing just for a moment and uh, don't let these skinny pants fool you. I'm a little old school and uh, I have an old soul, uh, but I love when we open up the word of God. You know, the word of God is the mind of God. And, and, you know, back in my days when I grew up and the pastor would open up the word, he'd have everyone stand. And I, I've practiced that in my church because I want my, the next generation to honor the authority that's over them. And, um, and so we're going to break the word. But I want to I stay in this rhythm because Pastor Tim kind of took us somewhere to where I'm going to kind of land this. But before I do, I want to give honor where honor is due. And I want to honor the lead team. And I want to honor all these great men over here and women that have made a sacrifice. Because when I was looking for a family, you know, one of the things that people would say often is they say, oh, Obed is a connector. You know, he's in, he's in every circle. But the truth was, was that I, I didn't land in every circle. I went through it, but didn't land in it. And I finally found a group of guys that think like me and, you know, and, and love things that I love. And I want you to know that if you're looking for um, a great family, Ark is the family that we all should be a part of. Amen. So I want to honor you guys. God bless you. Thank you so much. Genesis 37, Genesis 37, and then I'll read two verses, Genesis 37 and then Genesis 41. It says, Joseph had a dream and when he had told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And then Genesis 41, 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. I want to talk to you really quick in the next 28 minutes. A message that I've entitled, the picture is in the pieces. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive, a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never, never be the same. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. Well, before you see it, give someone a high five and say, you wish you looked as good as me. You wish you looked as good as me. I believe that everybody that's here today and watching online is, came here for a specific purpose. And that is that everybody, whether you are a church planter, whether you're like myself who planted a church, but now is engrafted into the Ark family. Maybe you're a future church planter or, or a dream teamer, but you're here today. You're watching online. I believe every one of us came here because we're looking for the next piece. We're looking for what's next in our lives. And, and I often come to conferences and, and come for that reason. What's next? What's the next piece that I can grab? And when you think about God and you think about why we're all here and where we're at today is because God begins everything in our lives like he did with Joseph with the picture. That picture is God's preference for your future. You know, when you think about it, God told Abraham, he says, I want you to go and leave everything behind. 
I want you to go to this land that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it to you. He gave him a picture. Every one of us has, has left where we're at on our way to somewhere where we're going because God has, in some sense, given us a picture. And when, 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 when God gives you a vision and God gives you a picture, it starts that forward motion. And Abraham did that. And when you think about how God gives you a picture, usually what he gives you next is a pattern. When God told Moses, build me a tabernacle, he said, build it according to my, my pattern. When God was establishing the tabernacle, he, he put every element according to a, to a pattern. It's a design. When God spoke to Noah and he says, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. And Noah's like, what's an ark? And, and he goes, don't worry about it. He says, why do you want me to build you an ark? Because it's going to rain. And Noah's like, what's rain? But what God did was that he gave Noah a, a pattern. When Jesus one day was with his disciples and they saw how effective his prayer life was. The disciples one day asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus just didn't give them a lesson. He gave them a, a pattern. And oftentimes when we're, when we're thinking about things and we're trying to, we're trying to go after things, we, we usually identify the problem. But the problem is never really the problem. The problem is always the pattern. Because at the end of the day, if God can change the pattern, he can change the problem. And so when God speaks to us, he, he usually gives it to us by a picture, and then he, he sends us a, a pattern. But the struggle comes when he delivers it to us in pieces. It's where the tension happens. This is what happened to the life of Joseph. And if I can have my guys come up here, I want, to, I want to sh them to show you this, this pattern that every one of us in some sense, we'll go through in order to get to the destiny that God has for our life. And, and you're here today and you're, you're a church planter. You're here today and, or you're wanting to plant a church. You, you're going to go through these steps. You're going to go through this pattern. You're going to find yourself somewhere. When you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph was 17 years old when God gave him a dream in his reality. But what God revealed to him was his destiny. At the age of 17, God gave him a vision of what his life would look like over here at the age of 30. The interesting thing about it is that when, when Joseph was 17 over here, he saw what was there. And yet when God speaks to us, he never speaks to us from here. To there. He actually speaks from us from there to here. This is why the mind of God works this way. Isaiah 46 10 says God declares everything from the end to the beginning. In other words, God sees your ending before you even begin something. This is why he has the ability to speak into your tomorrow. He can tell you that it's going to be okay tomorrow. Why? Because he's the only one that's there while you're still here. 
This is why the adversary doesn't have permission to speak into your tomorrow. Lucifer didn't fall out of heaven as a devil. He fell out of heaven as an angel. And God gave the privilege of angels to only see to the horizon. They can't see into your tomorrow. They can just see into your horizon. Which means every time the devil tries to speak to you about your tomorrow, he has no authority to speak to it because he cannot see it. And so when God showed Joseph his life here, he showed it what his life would look like there. And so God gave him a picture. He built a pattern, but he delivered it in pieces. But what he denies you of is your process. And where you and I get stuck is we don't get stuck in our beginning. and We don't get stuck in our ending, but we get stuck in the process. And we often are thinking, God, what's next? When in all reality, if God showed you the picture, he already has all the pieces. You just got to trust him in the in the process. And so when God spoke to Joseph and showed him a dream, he Joseph told his brothers, and his brothers were sipping on haterade and got mad. And so what they did is that they they threw him into the pit. And you can imagine Joseph sitting in the pit saying, Lord, this doesn't look like the palace. This doesn't look like what you showed me. See, at the end of the day, a, a vision or a dream is God's preference for your life. But often your preference doesn't look like your experience. And what confuses you is that you're saying, God, I know you showed this to me, but where I'm at today doesn't look like it. And yet God had to prepare Joseph for what he has prepared for him. And everything you're going through and everything you're going to go through as a church planter, everything you're going to go through as a future church planter, everything you're going to go through as a dream teamer on your way to your destiny is that God already has it prepared for you. He just has to prepare you along the way. And so when, so when Joseph was thrown into the pit, he was thrown into the pit by his own brothers. See, at the end of the day, it's not if, but it's when God gives you a vision, you'll have someone betray you. I'll never forget the first time I got betrayed. It broke me. It hurt me. But at the end of the day, I realized that if the greatest leader walked on earth, whose name is Jesus, got betrayed... Then, then betrayal is less about your leadership and more about their dysfunction. And at the end of the day, I learned that betrayal is the prerequisite for promotion. That in other words, if, if, if Judas never betrayed Jesus, Jesus would have never got in the hands of the Romans. If he had never got in the hands of the Romans, he'd have never got hung on a Roman cross. What you don't realize sometimes is that your betrayal is actually working for you and not really against you. 
And so what God had to teach Joseph being thrown into the pit is forgiveness. Because it's less about your leadership and it's more about their heart, their dysfunction. Most of us are stuck still in a pit when the palace is waiting for us because we can't get past the folks that hurt us. See, I love this quote that says, if you never heal from what hurts you, you'll bleed on the people who didn't cut you. And the problem with pastors and leaders today is that we got too many pastors who are operating out of hurt. Come on, you're preaching and you're bleeding and you're just spilling on everybody. We got dream teamers who are still hurt and they're just bleeding because they're still stuck in the pit. And yet, yet God, God had to teach him something. Because God knew that ultimately when he gets here, he's going to show him what it really means, how God prepares a, a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But you'll never get there until you learn how to forgive. And so as you're, you're thinking about planting or, or you're, you're thinking about, man, God, what's my next piece? Ask yourself before we leave conference today, is my heart right? Am I bleeding God? He lands up, getting thrown into the pit. His brothers sell him to the Midianites. Midianites sell him to the Egyptians. And he ends up in Potiphar's house. Now, Potiphar was just a governor. He was over a region. But his destiny was that he'd be in the palace of Pharaoh, which means he'd be over a nation. This is the place God teaches you how to be faithful with what you got before he hands you over something bigger for your life. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna see if you can actually be faithful here. Because once you learn forgiveness, then you got to learn how to be faithful and at the end of the day, most of our gifts will get us there, but our character will keep us there. Nobody's around. Nobody's around. He's all by himself, serving the vision of the house, serving Potiphar's palace. Potiphar's wife comes, dressed in Victoria's Secret, looks great, nobody around. And yet God is, is watching. Will you pass the test? The problem is with the children of Israel, what was supposed to take them 11 days took them 40 years. Because every time you, you don't pass the test, you got to retake the assignment. And, 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 and he's in there and, and nobody's around. God was was looking to see how faithful he's going to be. Because at the end of the day, the church doesn't need another embarrassment. We need guys and gals that when you get here, you'll last. One of the, one of the tragedies today that I'm watching is that everybody wants to get there fast. I just, I just want to, Pastor Obed, I just want a big church. 
For what? Your ego? Pastor Obed, I, I, I just, I mean, I, I just want to, I want to, I want to, I want to preach around the world. Be faithful in your own platform. The thing is, is that we, we, we want, we have a generation today that, that man, I just, I just want to get there quick. The tragedy is, is that if you're not careful, you'll, you'll allow your ambition to get ahead of your own character. That you have a drive to get there, but you don't have the capacity or the competency to stay there because you're going to get hit on all sides. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be real. And at the end of the day, you're going to get hit on all sides. You're going to get people that love you one day, talk about you the next. You're going to turn on Facebook and the people that used to praise your sermons are the very ones that are criticizing them. Come on, you're going to have children. Your children come back from school and say, Daddy, why don't these kids like us no more? You're going to face it. You're going to go through it. And there's a reason why God takes us through a process. It's not because he's trying to punish us. It's because he's trying to build something inside of us. Because at the end of the day, it's not if we get there. We know we're going to get there. The Bible says if he's the God of the beginning, he's also the God of the ending. And God who is faithful to begin something, he's faithful to complete it. So the, so the, so the equation is never, Pastor, am I going to get there? No, you're going to get there. The real question is, is are you going to last when you get there? See, getting there is God's responsibility. Staying there is your responsibility. And the thing is, is that there, there things happen to you when, when, when folks turn their back on you and, and, and you give everything you have to your church and, and you give everything you have to the people and, and then, then you're in Potiphar's, uh, you feel like you're in Potiphar's place and, and it's like your faithfulness is being tried and you're saying, God, I've been so faithful. Why am I still here? And God says, because I'm still working things out inside of you. I know what your destiny looks like. I know what's going to await you when you get there. I just got to make sure you're well prepared when you arrive. Here's what, I've, here's what I've learned. I've learned that comparison is the killer of originality. I've stopped comparing myself a long time ago. My path is not anybody else's path. My pace is not everybody else's pace. There's some people that will start a church and they'll go to 5,000 in two years. And thank God for them. I praise God. I thank you. Man, I celebrate with them. And then there's some, man, that we're just taking one step at a time. At the end of the day, don't worry about how fast you're going to get there. Just know that you are going to get there. But make sure that when you get there, come on, somebody, you're going to stay there in Jesus' name. And so he lands up, listen, he lands up doing what is right, but the consequences he gets is from someone who would have done something wrong. You're going to get in a position one day as a leader that you're going to make the right decision, but it's going to feel and seem like you made the wrong one. And you got to learn how to live with the conviction with your feet 
planted and not movable and shakable and say, God, I know I was obedient. I know I made the right decision. I can't worry about the peripheral. I can't worry about people walking in, walking out. No, at the end of the day, I've just got to make sure that I did everything right. There's going to be times when you're going to feel like, Lord, why am I getting the punishment of something I did wrong? When in all reality, I did everything right. It's what a leader goes through. So he lands up getting falsely accused. I could stay there for hours. And then he gets led to the prison. And he comes to the prison. And he's sitting there as Pastor Tim so eloquently spoke that, that he has a dream in there. He has a dream. And he's looking around, and you could imagine, this is 13 years. You could imagine, say, wait, 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 wait. Number one, God, I didn't call myself to this. You did. I didn't give me this dream. You did. And you mean to tell me that I got to go through all this pain. I got to go through all these lessons in order to achieve it? He's sitting in this prison. Doesn't look like a palace. Doesn't look like what he has seen. Feels like everything's just getting worse. Yet in those days, the prison of the king was always at the basement of his palace. He was in the right place. He was just in the wrong environment. And imagine if he would have sat there and said, I'm going to try to get out of this place. I'm going to do everything I can to get out of this place. Isn't it amazing that sometimes we feel we got to get out of this place? Sometimes I got I, I to gotta go find another church or I got to go find another place. You're in the right place. You just may be in the wrong environment. And, and he's, he's there. These two men come to him and tell him they have a, he has a dream. And they said, we just, we can't interpret these dreams. And Joseph uses his gift that's perfect to interpret the dream of the baker and the butler. And the only request he asks is that when you get out, remember me. There's something that God teaches you called focus when you feel like you're in the prison. Because there's going to be a time when you're going to help people. And God's using your gift to help people. To interpret where their life is now and where their life is going. And as soon as they get their help that they got from you, all of a sudden they get free. And they're nowhere to be found. And you got to learn how to live. Come on, I'm talking to myself. You got to learn sometimes how to live. That when you are dispensing something to somebody that comes out of your own loins and your own spirit and your own gifting, you cannot expect something back. Because if you do, you're going to land up being disappointed. 
And at the end of the day, God teaches you here how to help people get to where they need to be. And teaches you that it's not your anointing and it's not even your ability. It's your gift that's on your life that's making room for somebody else. I hear it all the time with, with pastors. I just, I just can't believe they did this. And I helped them for so long. I never end that conversation by asking them this one question. If you felt to help them this long, what was your motive helping them? Are you just helping them because you really loved on love the fact that you can help them or are you really helping them because you were expecting something in return and God teaches you here how to not live in the place of entitlement but the place of empowerment he teaches you that right there and so from the time he was 17 to the time he was 30. God started with the picture. Gave him a pattern. Delivered it in pieces. And he finally ends up at the palace. I want to end today. Because often I sit in your seat. And I hear preachers up here talk and they're prolific. Their hearts are right. Their words are inspiring. Their revelation is profound. Their story is incredible. And they have a picture. And what attracted me to Ark wasn't the picture. What attracted me to Ark was the pieces. They reminded me that I can't get to my destiny without the pieces. We can't get people from where they are to where God wants them to be without steps, pieces. And I've learned and I'm still learning how to value the pieces as much as I'm valuing the picture. I'm, I'm learning how to honor where I'm at to extract the most out of it. So I never have to return back to it. And so you can imagine Joseph, 17, has a picture. God delivers it in pieces and does it in a pattern. But he denies them the process. But God doesn't work from here. To there. God works from here to there. 
So let me show you how God saw it. Joseph, this is for your life. But in order to get into Pharaoh's palace, you got to get around Egyptians. So I'm going to allow you to be betrayed. Because as you're thrown into the pit, your brothers are going to leave. They're going to find some Midianites that only are marketplace sellers to those who are in Egypt. And so God just happened to have the Midianites pass at the right time. And as the Midianites passed by the right time, the brothers told them, we have somebody here that we don't want. And they landed up selling him to the Midianites. But the Midianites didn't want them because they were on their place to the Egyptians. So they took their slave with them that they bought and they went to Potiphar and they said, we got this young boy. We think he can help you. And all of a sudden, the Midianites sell him to the Egyptians. And all of a sudden now, uh, the, the boy that was raised as a Jewish young boy, all of a sudden ends up in the palace of an Egyptian. He would have never ended up in the palace of an Egyptian if he'd have never been betrayed by his own brothers. And if he was never betrayed by his own brothers, he'd have never been sold to the Midianites. And he was never sold to the Midianites, he'd have never made it to Potiphar's house. But even in Potiphar's house, he did the right thing but got the wrong consequences. But if he even doing the right thing, getting the wrong consequences, he would have never ended up in the prison of Pharaoh. And if he would have never got to the prison of Pharaoh, he'd have never got into the presence of the baker and butler. He would have never had the privilege to sit there and interpret their dream. And then if they didn't forget that, 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 that he interpreted their dream, he would have actually got out early. But guess what? All of a sudden, two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. There's nobody around that can interpret it. But there's somebody that remembered that there's a guy that's underneath the prison, that's right there in the prison, and he can interpret the dream. The whole time, God had the pieces together. And you're sitting there and you're going, God, what about my pieces? What about my picture? You know, my son loves puzzles. Loves them. Him and his mom do them all the time. I'm not a puzzle guy. Matter of fact, a thousand pieces scares me. But I asked my son one day, I said, son, why did, why did you pick this one? He's nine years old. He said, Daddy, because I love the picture. He bought it. He brings it home. But this time his mom says, your daddy's going to help you. And I'm like, the devil is a liar. Your daddy's going to help you. And I said, so we could do it. Come on. I'm smarter than your mom. So we opened it up. When I opened it up, nothing but pieces. That overwhelmed me. This excites me. And I learned a lesson that day. The tension I'm always going to live in. As long as I'm on this journey of ministry is I'm going to have to learn that there is not a piece missing in these pieces right here. There's not one of them that's missing because at the end of the day, they would have never got this picture 
if they never put it together. So they had to put it together in order to make the picture. All they did was disassemble it and put it in this box and it was delivered to me in pieces. And so when I'm looking for a building, I'm not worried about it. Why? Because God has the right piece at the right time. When I'm looking for the next level of ministry, I don't have to worry about it. Why? Because God got the next piece for my life. When I'm having to raise money, I'm not having to worry about it. Why? Because God got the next piece in my life. Can I tell you something? I'm here to let you know, Ark West Coast, wherever you're at as a dream teamer, wherever you're at as a church planner or a future church planner, God showed you the picture and he has all the pieces. All the pieces. Come on, stand to your feet real quick. Here's what we're going to do. I felt this this morning and I really felt like God, God spoke to me this morning really in just my time of prayer. Here's what he told me. He says, some of you came here feeling like you're missing a piece. You, you want to know why growth track resonates with you? Because it's pieces. You want to know why the success rate of planting churches in Ark is so high? It's because they give it to you in pieces. Many of you came looking for a piece. And some of you are even here and your picture is distorted. And God said, I brought you here to clarify your picture so that you can trust him with the pieces. Father, we thank you. We thank you for every person that's here today. We thank you for the vision that's here today. We thank you, Lord, for the picture that you're bringing back to remembrance, that building. Lord, that they lost that picture of because of a disappointment. Lord, that staff person, Father, that dream teamer, wherever they're at, God. God, there's even people here that said, man, I want to plant a church. I just don't know how. I just don't know when. I don't even know if I can. But at the end of the day, God, you're restoring that picture back to them. The times they used to dream of what it's like to build a, a life-giving church. God, I thank you that you're restoring the picture back to them. Father, I thank you that even this, these last days and a half, Every breakout session has just been a piece that you're adding to the picture. You're reminding them that, that you are there for them. You're reminding them that, Father, you have it all together, that not one piece is missing. And, Father, I declare that in the name of Jesus, that, Father, we will see the goodness of the Lord. We will see the picture come to fruition as we trust you in the process in the name that's above every name the name of jesus come on let's lift them up right now we hope you enjoyed this session from the art conference our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before for dates and locations and to register for an upcoming art conference visit artconference.com